0: One, two, three, do it. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket, he'll fire to the right side, caught by Diggs, Stay oh my god, lose. oh my god, hey. it's no touchdown, oh. are you kidding me, finish. it's a minute
1: Alright, 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 we're coming in for another edition of the Soldiers Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Broadmarkle, and with me, not as always today, but guest hosting because Mike is off gallivanting down in Vegas, you know, betting some money, probably won some money in the Vikings game, but today, special guest, Ted Glover of the Daily Norseman of the Climbing the Pocket Network. He does uh, Good Morning Gallowhorn on a whole bunch of stuff, does some of my favorite segments on Daily Norseman, ZimZoo, um, just... Lots of good stuff. Look up Ted. He's on, he's on the Twitter. We'll, we'll get him on, the, get his Twitter tag uh, a little bit later here in the show, but Ted, how are you doing today?
0: Ed, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, man. You know, i nice, nice, nice to be get, guest on here with, uh, I hope I don't Wally pit Mike.
1: Well, you know, if that happens, that happens. You know, he had a good run. <laughs> no, Ted and Ed, I mean, you're about to be tatted. The, the audience is about to be tatted here.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be a lot of uh, confusion, I think. Well, um, you know,
1: it's it's the Vikings, so of course there's got to be confusion, right?
0: Sure, always, so. as always. <laughs>
1: Alright, so uh, as usual, we'd like to get into a little bit of around the league, the North Face, before we get into the Lions recap, so uh, we'll just dive right in that. Um, so, a couple storylines around the league we saw. San Francisco continues their um, undefeated ways, blanking Washington. But only scoring nine points in in what looked like a, it was a complete monsoon there. Um, what a fun game that must have been! I, I
0: didn't get a chance to watch it, but those rain games are always fun. It it looked it looked like an absolute hot mess, and I, I mean, people are are kind of a, a little bit. I don't know if that's kind of the the pervasive school of thought, but a lot of people are giving San Francisco a hard time for only beating Washington night and nothing. But I, if you saw any of the highlights. Nine points is about as the most you can hope for in in conditions like that. It looked like. Uh, Do you ever see the movie All the Right Moves, Tom Cruise movie back when he was a high school football player? It was like it was uh-huh. like one of those Hollywood, like one of those Hollywood monsoon settings that, yeah. that you know, they, people always imagine football games are going to be played in. And man, in those games, you just want to you just want to get out of there without any significant injuries uh, and advance and and go from there. The, the Niners did it and they won. It's how how they yeah. did it. In a game like that, who cares, man? A win is a win.
1: It, it reminded me a lot of uh, what three years, four years ago now, um, probably you know more than that because it was Les Frazier, the uh, the Baltimore Vikings game, in uh, just that that snow game, that just sweetie snow type that game. It was just, yeah, it's it was just it just looked like a mess, and it's just like a really fun game to watch even if you lose that game like that's just a fun game to watch to me just seeing all kinds of just slipping and like the guy sliding 20 yards when they go dive. Yeah. just yeah. comical man
0: i mean it was you know it's one of those it's and it's one of those games we don't see a whole lot of anymore with the with the way field conditions improved yeah over the over the years you know they had the drainage and the there's not a lot of big mud pits in the middle of the field like it was back in the day so yeah, those are kind of kind of throwback games a little bit, and you get to see kind of how football, like how a lot of people think football is is meant to be played, as as September turns into October and November.
1: Yeah, just get down and dirty, get gritty, and just you know get after it. Um, but yeah, so San Francisco blanks them. I, I'm still not really impressed with San Francisco. They haven't really beaten many good teams, but you know that'll flush itself out here as the, the season goes on.
0: Yeah, but I mean six and zero is six and zero, man. It's still tough. Yeah. I mean and well let's see who they well okay Tampa Bay, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh is not Pittsburgh that we expect. Cleveland. Rams, that was a pretty good win at, at LA. That was a yep. pretty decent win and they shut out Washington. So and it was a road game. I mean it's hard it's hard to win on the road. It's really hard to win on the road in those conditions and then to toss a shutout. That's that's pretty impressive. But yeah, they've got, you know, Seattle, Green Bay. Uh, they don't really have a tough schedule looking forward. They could this looks like a Thirteen and three team maybe? can can we believe is this is this a believable thing?
1: I mean, with with what I've seen so far, I think, yeah, like you said, the schedule isn't that super strong on the backside, so it's possible they can make a run like that, you
0: know, barring no injuries. Yeah, we'll see. So well and speaking of injuries, and they've done it without Jarrett McKinnon now, who who was gonna be with their featured guy last year. So
1: Right I think I don't think he's played a regular season snap for him yet, so
0: Has not. No, he he got injured I think I don't even know that he played a preseason game. I think he you got might hurt in training that. camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think he got that. hurt in training camp, and then he, they were just getting ready to break training camp or early in training camp this year, whatever it was. He was on the inactive list and he had to have another surgery. It stinks, man. I really like Jet. Yeah, was, it, it when sucks when for
1: him. You, you hope he get healthy one of these uh, seasons, but you know, yeah, that's the way it goes yeah. sometimes. Oh, uh, well, next topic here: AFC South. This has turned into a pretty heated battle here. I don't think that we saw this one kind of going this way. If you look at just going into week one, you got no luck. Um, Houston Texans are still kind of shaky on the O-line, but now you see those two are fighting it out for the top of the week. Jacksonville seems like they're flailing, but there's one game separating all these teams. This, this is still wildly up in the air.
0: Yeah, I mean, your notes you said is the AFC South is an interesting division. I would like to say I would like to substitute the word interesting with mediocre to bad. I, I just like, but like there, who who's who's good in that division? The Colts. But Without okay, but
1: interesting to me is I think it's going to come down to like week sixteen or seventeen before this thing's actually oh, yeah. decided. So that's oh, I think absolutely it's like it's, agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. And the Colts are one hundred percent interesting because I mean the luck retirement and then you know I don't know it's.
0: I mean, you got you got Gardner, you got Gardner Boogie Nights Minshew down in Jacksonville. <laughs> I, I love that guy. Uh, Tennessee, Tennessee is the most boring football team in the history of the NFL. There is not. I mean, and I hate to say that because an Ohio State bro is coaching them and Mike Vrabel, but uh, Houston has Deshaun Watson. I love Deshaun Watson. Uh, a big fan of JJ Watt. I think mm-hmm. he's kind of overexposed, uh, but but I just man that that division is about the only reason the only reason the NFC East uh, gets more play than the AFC South is because of the media markets and it's all East Coast team. That's, yeah that's fair and Dallas yeah, that's fair I, I mean the NFC East is the AFC South the only problem the only difference is the AFC South does not have the media markets the NFC East does
1: that's fair yeah I'll buy that all right yeah I buy to that 100 percent so all right, enough about the AFC South. <laughs> uh, Atlanta is bad, <sighs> brother. You ain't lying. I mean, uh, I, we hit them early, and it seemed like they were still had some life in them. But now, gosh, they—they're bad.
0: Did you see them as possibly a, a a team that that could seriously contend for a wild card spot before the season started? Because I did.
1: 100%. I mean, okay. you, you looked at the defense, they were getting healthy on the defense. You looked at they still had Matt Ryan, they still had Julio. It still looked like they were going to be capable of doing something, but now it just seems like they are they don't know what they're doing. Coach is giving away play-calling duties. He's taking back play-calling duties. Like, he just got new coordinators last year. I I don't know. That would be one of the, the coaching positions that I think might be open up at the end of the year.
0: You think Quinn's going to last the season if they keep losing like this?
1: I know. I think it will be you'll be axed a couple weeks before, so they can get a head start on, on looking for the next guy.
0: I uh, when did they when did they play in the Super Bowl and blow that twenty eight to three lead? Because I don't honestly, I don't think they've been the same
1: three years ago. Really, right? since
0: that game, yeah,
1: three or four years ago. Because last year, Patriots won. A year before that, Eagles won. A year before that would have been that. I think.
0: Yeah, I, I just man, that that is a franchise that has gone south no pun intended, <laughs> um, like really fast. I mean, th- that yeah. was a team, and when they went to the Super Bowl, yeah, it was it was a brutal way to lose. I get it, but it still looked like the Falcons were a team that was w- was built to compete for three, four, maybe five years. I, I, yeah. I didn't think, and then I saw a graphic, I don't know, it was, I, I believe it was over the cap. It might have been SpotRack. One of the um, uh, guys that runs the, their their Twitter account did a, did these graphics that are ever popular now, where the upper right is really good, healthy, and whatever, and lower left is really bad, regardless of what the statistic is. Right. And this was, like, salary cap and out-year salary cap. And the Falcons not only are a bad team, they have, like, really – they have the worst cap situation moving forward after this year. So not only are they a bad team, at least with, like, Miami um, and a couple other bad teams – Cleveland's not necessarily great, but they're not terrible anymore. They have really healthy cap situations. So – if you're a fan, you can say, "Well, with a couple of right moves and a proper right. use of the cap and a good draft, we can be right back in this thing." I don't even know if you have that with the Falcons.
1: No, in, in that you're in a situation where you almost have to nail every single draft pick you make for the next, you know, two drafts just to actually get back into it. If you're if you're really in that, uh, you know, off of sorts, um, which I have to imagine it just just makes us. Thank the ward even more for Rick Spielman and Rob Brzezinski. I mean, they put it together every single year. It seems like we're going to lose pieces, and they always keep it together.
0: Yeah. So yeah, they they do a really good job, and uh, it's something that is really overlooked by a lot of of Vikings fans. I think it's just how well the Vikings have managed the salary cap since Rob Brzezinski came on scene.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's amazing. But uh, yeah, I hadn't seen that graphic, but that that. That's going to be a rough sled go, uh, coming up here for Falcons fans, for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I feel bad for him, You know, and, and the thing is, they have talent. I just, I, I don't know. I, I just, it's it's the, one of the biggest surprises of the NFL to me so far this year.
1: Well, maybe, uh, maybe when Stefanski goes over there and takes over that head
0: coaching gig, you know, he'll... <laughs> You're killing me, man. Ed! Ed, why do you say such things? Uh, Ed!
1: You, you know what's going to happen, man. He's gone.
0: Uh, we'll, see. well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll happens. see what happens.
1: We'll um, see what happens.
0: But, yeah, you're probably right. He's he's at least, if the Vikings keep doing this well, he's yeah. at least going to get an interview or two. He, he's
1: going to get looks, and I think it's going to depend on if he likes the opening or not. But that's a different podcast. Um, next point for around the league, Baltimore goes into Seattle. It was at Seattle, I believe, right? Stuns Seattle. Um, th- what was it, 30 to, to 15 or something like that? 36
0: 30-16. to 14. It was it was a butt-whooping.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Man, you can't say enough about um, Ravens quarterback. Just
0: La- Lamar Jackson yeah. is. Uh, it was thirty to sixteen. I just looked it up. My bad.
1: How, how do you stop um, the guy? You
0: you can. I, I mean, you gotta. He's. I think he's a really special player, and and I I'd love to see it because I really liked him coming out of college, uh, and I really thought he was unfairly labeled as a guy that should move to wide receiver or a different skill position, right. and I just. I just love it when guys like Lamar Jackson can prove everybody wrong.
1: Yeah, and that's a hundred percent what he's doing. I mean, yeah, he's still a freaky athletic because he can get like what is he at like one hundred forty-five yards last week and week prior he had over one hundred fifty rushing. Like that's yeah. just insane, and he's still throwing the ball like you know some of the top quarterbacks in the league. It's if you're if you're a Ravens fan, I think you have to be ecstatic. And they have, I think, a coach that's leaning into the the analytics and like the fourth down stuff and, and all this this other stuff. So, he's giving them every single edge they can get. Um, and you know, it's the Ravens' division's who's at this point. I mean, five and two versus two and four, two and four, and zero and seven.
0: Yeah, and, and you brought up a great point about John Harbaugh, uh, who's he's not afraid. He's not afraid to look at his player and say, "What do you do well?" In Lamar Jackson, and then let that uh, offense be tailored around Jackson's skill set, as uh, because so many times, how many times do we see it in the NFL where you try and do a square peg and a round hole kind of thing, yep. and it just doesn't work, and it, you know, it kind of sends the player towards bus status or, or whatever. I love it; very refreshing, and I I hope he has tons and tons of continued success until he plays the Vikings.
1: Exactly. That's, that's always what we hope for, especially on the AFC side. Uh, right. Alright, next talking point here. Mahomes dislocated kneecap. God, you hate to see that. Like, I hope they treat this injury properly, because I don't want him to be rushed back and then have this be a lingering issue for Mahomes. He's just too fun to watch. Uh, and, and this is not like coming from the angle of, oh, I don't want him to play against the Vikings. Honestly, I want to see him play against the Vikings. I want to see best on best. I want to see if we can stop Mahomes at full strength against Kansas City, but man, it's it. for Kansas City. That's devastating right now.
0: It is, but I think it's kind of the best case scenario. Also, just for the record, I do not want to see him play the Vikings. I don't care. I don't care if you're playing the best. <laughs> so many people say that. Look, sign fifty-three guys off the street uh, and and make them like a pr- not even practice squad talent-wise. I don't care. I want to beat them fifty to nothing with a bunch of scrubs. I don't care. I just want to win. I want to go to playoffs, and when, when they get to the Super Bowl, I, I hope I hope like everybody gets pneumonia and the flu, and they have to they have to put everybody on in injured reserve, and they have to sign like a bad CFL team. I don't care. Anyways, be that as it may, <laughs> um, uh, but from a from a league perspective, from a fan like a guy that just likes watching football, I love watching Patrick Mahomes. I, he's he's a fun player. He's yes. a really really good player. Um, and and he's the future of the NFL. And you're right. I, I hope the the Chiefs um, don't rush him back just to play him. I, I mean, and I get the temptation is going to be there, but with the injury, they're saying like three weeks, and and he's already. I saw a report today. He's kind of already ahead of schedule. Yeah. So it might not even be three weeks, which would be great. Um, overall, from a, from you know an NFL perspective. So yeah, I, I I love the guy. I I hope he has a, a very long. Uh, and healthy and productive career, because he's, him and guys like Lamar Jackson, and, and there's, you know, Dalvin Cook for the Vikings, there's just a lot of great young guys Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun yeah. Watson, that I just love to watch play the game, because they're just so good at it.
1: Absolutely. Um, any other points around the league before we get into the North Face here? No, I'm good. Okay. North Face. So, we obviously played Detroit, so we'll get into that more in depth here in a second, but... Um, Green Bay beats up on Oakland. Um, apparently this game wasn't as a it wasn't as big of a gap as the score shows is is what my Green Bay fans are telling me.
0: Yeah, the Raiders had three turnovers inside I think the Packers five. I mean, I Ugh. the Raiders moved the ball all day from from what I could gather. I didn't I they were on the same time as the Vikings, so I didn't see but a, a play here and there, but yeah, I, I don't I don't think that game was as lopsided as the score indicates. Although you are what your record says you are, as per the famous Bill Parcells. So
1: right, which is true, and you know you can only play who's on your schedule, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's a I don't know. It, I was hoping Oakland c- could go in there and and take them down a peg because honestly, I don't really think Green Bay is is playing up to their their record. I think they got a couple lucky breaks, obviously, um, but. You know, like you said, you are what your record is. So right now they're the team to beat in the NFC North. Um, and I think going into week 16, I think it's still going to be tight enough between um, Minnesota and Green Bay where that game is is basically going to make or break who wins the
0: division. It, it's – the way the Vikings have played the last three weeks, yeah. Uh, right now I agree with you. Hit me up in, in a month and we'll see where we're at. Um, the The Packers have some tough games. They got – They got to go to to Kansas City. Uh, They'll probably win that one because the Chiefs don't have Mahomes. Uh, They got to play the Chargers. They'll win that one. That'll be a home game for them. Carolina, yeah, I. Man, the, the last they got like their toughest game besides going to Minnesota in Week 16 is at San Francisco in Week 12, and they're coming off a bye for that game. So right. I don't man, I don't see a whole lot of losses left on Green Bay's schedule, to be quite honest with you.
1: Unless the wheels completely fall off. I mean they've, yeah, that they've, can happen. they've shown they can be beaten, like you can run on them all day.
0: Yeah. So Yeah they can.
1: I mean, i think if you come in with the right attack, I just don't think anyone's actually done it yet and I mean they're still not healthy on offense. So they're they're weak. It's just someone needs to capitalize and take advantage of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, they do, and nobody has yet. I mean the in and, and Aaron Rodgers you know the, the the Packers just—I I, just—I can't stand them, so I—I I have a hard time discussing them rationally. But I, I'm not impressed with their receiver group outside of Devonte Adams. I just don't think they're any good. Uh, I don't think the Packers are still using Aaron Jones as much as they should, yep. and yet they're still winning. I, and their defense isn't nearly as good as everybody says says it was at the beginning of the year. Yet they're still six and one. I hate him. I, I, I hate that team.
1: You know, I, I think their secondary is up there where, where it needs to be. It's, it's in that, yeah. that higher echelon, but their run defense doesn't scare me. Like, the next time we play him at home, like, Delvin's probably going to have 200 yards. I wouldn't be surprised. Because we can gash I, yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. We, we can gash so, them. Can. And, and if we roll in there, if Kirk Cousins is still even half of what he has been the last three weeks, we'll get into that in a second. But, like, we should win that game handily. It shouldn't be a hard game at home.
0: It should, yeah, they should. But you know. I, I don't know about it handily. It's it's backers and weird things happen in that game. But yeah, the Vi- and the Vikings just play better at home against against division opponents than they do on the road, as you know, mm-hmm. as we've seen in, in recent seasons. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm actually get, you know assuming the Vikings keep playing the way they are, I'm, I'm going to like them in that game. Yeah. But I, they're gonna they're they're gonna have to keep winning because I don't know where Green Bay is going to drop a game for a while. To be quite honest with you.
1: Yeah, and that's why it's it. These wins are going to be critical to keep stacking up. Um, yeah, yep. Uh, you got you got to imagine going into the bye at uh, nine and two is that's possible. That's very possible for what we have laid out in front of us, and we got to try to hit that.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know. Yeah. I know. We'll, it's, we'll see. It's a lofty a, goal, but that, that's a that's a bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see how that plays out. Well,
1: you know, it's anything's possible at this point. You know, we're just conjecturing right now. So,
0: yeah, that's true. That's true.
1: All right, so Green Bay, nothing more on Green Bay. I hate them. All right, well, I hate them. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, that's. I mean, I would think that'd be obvious, but
0: all right, I just <laughs> this needed to be said.
1: All right, Chicago get absolutely <laughs> throttled by New Orleans, and like the score in this game made it seem a lot closer than it actually was. This game was over. Yeah, I mean, I've been calling Mitch Trubisky Mitch Ponder, but I think at this point that's an insult to Ponder.
0: You know, last year, um, I, I, Daily Norseman. I, for those for listeners that are, are not really familiar with the website or kind of new to it, uh, most weeks we do a, a what we call a five good questions segment, and we we swap we give a writer at at five, at, at, at our sister blog five good questions about the Bears. They ask us five questions, we answer them, and then we post them, blah, blah, blah. Last year for, for Wendy City Gridiron, um, I, I got a pretty good relationship with a lot of those guys over there. They're, they're good folks. And I was kind of half-kidding when I said one of the answers they, they asked me about Trubisky or what I thought. And I said, he's, he's Christian Ponder, and I just got absolutely savaged on their website in the comments. <laughs> and I, I went back to read that not too long ago, and I just I just kind of felt pretty smug and satisfied, if I may be so bold. Um, that dude – and see, the thing is, the Bears have such a a hard question to answer because are you going to pick up his fifth-year option and are you going to sign him to an extension? And if I'm the Bears right now, I'm not because he's in year three and he's getting worse, not better. And we played this song and dance, like you said, with Christian Ponder.
1: Yeah, it's – it's one of those things where I think we recognized it almost immediately in like the first year, even rolling into the second year, because we've seen that, that exact same player basically roll out with Ponder. Like that, yeah. that is not just a bad quarterback comparison. That's like, they're essentially the same quarterback,
0: more or less. Like, Yeah. I, I think Trubisky is a, I, say, I don't know, man. I, I, I At the beginning of the year I was going to say Trubisky's a better quarterback, but but his play is regressing worse and worse. Yeah. And, and he is – I mean, what was it? I saw a thing today where the Bears went from like the end of the first quarter to the beginning of the fourth quarter without a, getting a first down on offense or something wow. like that. And and that reminded me so much. Do you remember it was, I think it was 2013 when the Vikings tied Green Bay in Lambeau and Rodgers didn't play. It was like Scott Tolzien played for the Packers. and And Ponder did the exact same thing. He went like, two quarters without getting a first down on offense. And it was only reason they ended up tying that game is because Adrian Peterson had an absolute monster day. Yeah. And the Bears don't even have that.
1: Right. I mean, they have some good backs. They just don't use them. Only seven rushing attempts in this game. You ran –
0: yeah. Matt Nagy, I I mean, so how do you – let me me ask you a question. I know I'm a guest, but let me ask you a question. mm -hmm. If you're Matt Nagy and you know your weak spot – Pretty much is the quarterback position. Why do you throw the ball 50 times or whatever it was and you only run seven? They only ran seven times a whole game.
1: Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't understand that logic on any level. Like, it just it doesn't make any sense to me, especially if you know he's struggling. And like people like Laud, Matt Nagy, as this, this, this great play call, this great play designer – Okay, well then, why aren't you playing to your team's strengths? Why aren't you trying to master weaknesses? You know, you know, in year four what or year three what Trubisky t- like is. You have a lot of tape on Trubisky.
0: Yeah, yeah, they do, and, and you, you you should and be
1: doing a lot of stuff to make him shine. I don't get it.
0: <laughs> the, the only time he's a good play caller is against the Vikings. Why? Why is Why is he good against the Vikings and he's terrible against every other team in the NFL in calling plays? I don't get it. Angers me. Because we're
1: the Vikings, man.
0: Because we're the Vikings. Speaking of, speaking of anger, the, the more I watched the Bears play yesterday afternoon, I, I, the more I watched the Saints just kind of take them to the woodshed, that that week four game that the Vikings just laid an egg in Chicago just is even all the more frustrating, as we're now, yeah. what, three weeks in the rearview mirror on that one. It's just like, come on, man. Why, but, why can't the Vikings do this against the Bears?
1: But the corollary to that is – does Kirk turn it on as hard as he has in the last three weeks without a game like that?
0: That's a fair point. I, I yeah, that's a good question. That, that's that's a very good question. Because
1: I mean, maybe I, the one yeah. is tied heavily into the other. You know, maybe true. you need that wake up call saying, "Well, okay, we got all the pieces. Like, wake the fuck up, Kirk. Let's go." You know. Yeah.
0: Very true. Yeah. Yeah. If 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 that game doesn't happen, does does Diggs and have his does Diggs do and say what he says? Does Thielen do and say what he says? I'm convinced there was a come-to-Jesus meeting at the end of that, after that game, between somebody in Vikings management and, and some set of players. Yeah. And and we, we're, we're reaping the benefits of that now. So, yeah, may, maybe it was in the long run, maybe it was for the better. Sure. I'll, I'll buy it for now.
1: Yeah, for now, until we miss the playoffs because we, <laughs> we lost the divisional game there, yeah. <laughs> Um, one last thing on the Bears. I saw this stat and I thought it was it was interesting enough to, to repeat. The Bears are the only team that not do not have at least three hundred yards in a game this season
0: of of total offense. Of total offense. Are you kidding me?
1: No, that's that's true.
0: Wow. <laughs> oh wait, I did see that today. Yeah, yeah. I did see that. Yeah. Like, um, wow. That that is borderline amazing. That's, that is borderline amazing. That's mind blowing to me. It's like,
1: even in some of these games where it's garbage, like in the Saints game, like you think they're they would get close to it.
0: Yeah, because they had like two really late scoring drives, right? Where the where the Saints were just pretty much playing, prevent eat the clock and get out of there with the win, right?
1: Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> they couldn't even. They barely got above wow. two fifty. They got two fifty two versus the Saints. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Bears, you got some stuff to do, but, you know, we're not, not Bears messed. podcast. We're Vikings podcast. I think that's it for the North Face. Unless you got anything else before we get into Lions recap? Nope. All right. So before we get into Lions recap, we'll do a quick short break, and we'll be right back after these messages. All right, and we're back um, talking about the Vikings versus the Lions in Ford Field. Um Basically, U.S. Bank Stadium East at this point, I think, right? We can call it that.
0: <laughs> sure, yes, let's do that.
1: All right, U.S. Bank Stadium East. Vikings go in. We take the W, forty-two to thirty. Um, third game in a row scoring above thirty points. Um, it, honestly, if you'd have told me going into this game that our offense would score four touchdowns, and or not our not our offense that that Detroit would score four touchdowns. That Marvin Jones will score four touchdowns and we were going to win, I would think you're high. Yeah, but Kirk turns it on again, having the best three game stretch of any QB. Um, this is exciting to watch. This is what we brought Kirk in here for.
0: It is, and, and it it amazes me. You know, we I, I'm not going to rehash the signing of Cousins and who the Vikings didn't keep and all that stuff. Um. Everybody had their opinions on it, and then the Vikings went and signed Kirk Cousins. And it, it amazes me that we are a year and some change into this now, and, and there are people that are still irritated with how that all went down. That they almost—I don't know if they are openly rooting for the Vikings to fail to validate their opinion on some who the Vikings should have kept or not. But just enjoy this, man. Yeah. This is—you said this is a historic. This is, is a historic run for Kirk Cousins because nobody in the NFL has ever done this before. And this is the most productive three-game stretch of offensive production in Vikings history, even more so than that vaunted 1998 team. Yeah, Just enjoy it. Have fun. It, it's not going to last forever. It's going to end. And we're going to get back to being miserable when they lose again because that's just what a fair chunk of the Vikings fan base does. So let's just enjoy the run. Let's right. have a good time with it while, we're, while we have it.
1: Exactly. I think your, your point, point on there just, it's, and the thing with Kirk Cousins, when we signed him, like, my take has always been there was no better option. Like, you can say some of the other quarterbacks were better. No, one was having an outlier season. One was coming off a very significant knee injury, which we've dealt with before in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. You know, Culpepper had the exact same injury. We, we understand what that's like and how rare it is for that person to be able to come back. So, To me, it's like they didn't have any better option, and now they're actually capitalizing on it, and some people are still rooting for that to fail. I just don't get it.
0: I don't get it either. I I don't, and I I never will understand it. I I want the Vikings to win. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, maybe or maybe not my guy that I wanted to come back didn't come back, so what? The, The guy we have is playing for three games, has played better than any quarterback in NFL history ever has. Just yep. have fun with it, man. Yep. Let's go. Let's play football.
1: Yep, the best quarterback is the quarterback playing for the Vikings whenever they're playing.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So <laughs> if you don't have that if you don't have that mentality, I don't know what you're doing, but you're just yeah. you just gotta right. be a miserable sack, you know.
0: I know. I just <laughs> I don't get it. I don't it was it was fun. It's fun watching him sling it and Thielen and Diggs catch it. Yeah. You know, I mean just thielen just the one catch. Ola BC Johnson. I mean he was spreading it out all all over the field yesterday and it was a Dalvin you know, that opened up running lanes for Dalvin Cook. Man, it was just fun to watch Kevin Stefanski call that game, the players to execute the plays, yep. and the Vikings to roll 500 yards up on the uh, on the Detroit Lions. It was just a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it, it was a very explosive game. I, I don't think you're uh, disappointed at all if you're a fan of offense. Um, no. Uh-uh. but you got to give props to the, uh, the O-line as well. Zero sacks allowed. Um, I think they allowed like 10 pressures, which seemed high. It didn't seem like he was under duress even that many times, um, but I mean, this old line is coming together at the right time. It's you know middle of season they're they're getting they're getting more comfortable with each other. You know we're getting healthier on that old line. You see Bradbury taking massive steps. I think he put Snacks Harrison on the ground a couple times in there. Uh, Brian O'Neill has still yet to surrender a sack in the NFL. This line is something to be excited about moving forward, which is something the Vikings fans have, have not had in quite a while.
0: Yeah, and, and the the one guy you didn't mention, I think, might be the, the one difference maker, and that's Josh Klein. Or maybe you did mention him. But uh, Klein really has seemed to solidify that that interior. I mean, I think Pat Elfline's getting a little bit better. I, I think he's been better since uh, than he was at the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah. But Josh Klein was, and he was a guy I kind of worried about because he had had very good years in the past. But it just sort of seemed he was sort of on the downhill side of his career. Uh, but he has really rejuvenated his career in Minnesota. And I'll tell you what, man, you're right. Th- this offensive line is is uh, is getting better every week. Uh, as long as they can stay healthy and keep playing together, and even even if they can't for short periods of time. Dakota Dozier has gotten better every time he's come in. Yep, Rashad Hill played, I thought, a great game last week. Phenomenally last week. Last week. In, Phenomenally. In, in, in place of an injured Riley Reef. and I, I think for you know a game here or a, a series of, of plays there, or a, a quarter or a half there, Rashad Hill can be an effective guy. I, I think he sort of gets overexposed if he has to play a significant amount of yeah. time. But you know, they're not trotting out T.J. Clemmings. They're not trotting out Willie Beavers. They're not signing the the shell of Jake Long off the street <laughs> in Week Four, and he's your best lineman by Week Seven before he blows out an Achilles heel. I mean, it's it's, it's better, man. I, what more do you? I mean, it's it's better. It's better. Uh, I like it.
1: You're walking me down the most painful offensive line <laughs> season I've ever witnessed. Oh man, that was just brutal. It was terrible. It was uh, terrible. but I mean, you know, sometimes that's the way it goes. But this year, knock on wood, we've been fairly healthy, no significant injuries there yet. I think, like you said, Klein has, has really bounced back. Um, so when looking at the Klein signing, you know, I think the year before he got here he had a pretty down year versus rest of his career. What I like yeah. to do when you sign for it just like that, or especially with, like, Case Keenum, for instance, you look at the outliers and you kind of discard. Case Keenum, 2017, was an outlier. We see that. You see that. You see the years yes. before that, and you see the years after that. You see they're, they're kind of the same. And now we're seeing with Klein that 2018 was an outlier. You see the years before that, you see his play was very good. And now you see that same level of play with us. So kind of throw out the outliers, you know, sometimes, even sometimes for players that are just in the wrong system. You get them in the right system. Like some DBs, you get them in the right system and they just take off.
0: And that's a good point. I, th- I think that year, that really down year of 20, I think it was 2017, he started to slip in 20. Eighteen for Klein, they had gone away. I mean, Klein is, is a very good zone-blocking yep. offensive lineman in, in that scheme and that concept that the Vikings run. And I was it Tennessee he was at the before he got here? That was uh, – they had sort of gotten away from that and were, were doing different things, and that's whatever. So but right. it's working now, and, and he's playing good football, and, and it's it's really good to see.
1: Yeah, and like I said, I think it just solidifies that interior. Um even with Elfline not really living up to where he should be. But, you know, there's it's it's a long season. And as long as he continues to improve, get better week after week, I think at the end of the year we're going to be looking at a pretty solid offensive line going into the playoffs.
0: I thought, you know, in defense of Pat Elfline, because I'm an Ohio State guy and he's an Ohio State guy. Yeah, of course. He played – I thought he played very well yesterday. I mean, everybody yeah. on the offensive line did. But I, I thought if there was a guy that really needed to have a good game to step up and, and – and, because I think he might have been at risk at losing his gig, was Pat Alfline and, and he shut up a lot of people yesterday, at least for one game. I hope he can build on that and go forward.
1: Yeah, build on that, especially in a short week. It's going to be extremely critical. Just just keep on pounding that, that ball. I mean, it's going to be there. As long as Delvin is, is ready to go, just pound yeah. the run. And they're going to have opportunities to, to show um, that they're a top unit in this league. Yep. All right. See ya. Next point here, we didn't touch about it. You touched on wide receiver stepping up, but Delvin Cook, man, this kid is special, dog. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I mean, I just kind of run out of superlatives to to, to describe the guy. I, I mean, I, in the in the stock market report, I think I said he he kind of has a combination of power. He he runs as strong as Adrian Peterson, ran. maybe not quite as strong as Peterson at his absolute prime, right? Two thousand twelve ish, but he's he's Early AP, Right. and he catches the ball like Ricky Young. And, and for for you youngins uh, who are not around in in the late '70s post Purple People Eaters era, he was a guy that he was a running back that caught a lot of passes and he made a living uh, catching screens and dump offs and and getting yards with them. And I I Cook reminds me of Ricky Young as a pass catcher, and that's that's not a bad thing, man. He's he's a very very complete back, I, and I I am thrilled that he is healthy. And I am thrilled he is running behind a good line, and I am doubly thrilled that the Vikings have a, a balanced passing attack that forces defenses to to key on him, but they can't, you know, bring down seven, eight, nine guys in the box like they did during right. AP's big heyday. You know, when the Vikings just had no passing attack at all.
1: Yeah, I think for me, like I should stop being surprised by this, but there must have been what four or five times in the, in that game yesterday where. Um, you see him, like, get contacted three yards behind the line of scrimmage. You're like, oh, oh, that's a loss. And then he breaks it for nine yards plus after that. you're like, Jesus, man. That dude is just, it's unreal. It's unreal what he's doing right now. It's,
0: it looked like Sonic the Hedgehog. Man. Yeah. Just bang, just yeah.
1: bang and gone just,
0: five, five yards.
1: Just bouncing off guys, just getting to the edge. Like, oh, man, this kid, this kid is special. Like, a lot of us got to witness uh, Adrian Peterson play. And I don't think you can ever take that from... From a, a fan's perspective of seeing an all-time great play, I think we're on the verge of seeing that with Dalvin Cook right now.
0: I, I would agree. Yeah, he, he's got to he's got to do it for a few more years, obviously. Yeah, to to get that permanent comparison. But if he can for, stay healthy, man. Yeah the the times that he's been healthy and and, and the cool thing with Cook, and I, I don't know if you noticed this yesterday, Ed, that that Cook helps the passing game as much as the passing game helps Cook run the ball because. The Vikings are running play action at an almost unheard of, insane rate. And every single time the Vikings ran play action, the linebackers bit harder than a northern pike going after a five of diamonds, <laughs> brother. They just, they just went after it. And that just left the whole back end of the field open for Cousins to just pick his receiver and get yards and chunks. I mean, I just love what this offense is doing right now.
1: Well, yeah, uh, after the game, um, they asked Diggs what makes uh, the play action passing game Works so well, and he's like Delvin Cook. Yeah, and he's 100 percent right because, like you said, if they have to respect Delvin Cook, and they have to respect Delvin Cook, every single time that roll, is going to be there. It is, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, a, <laughs> it, it's a special back, and it, it's it, the the way that they're calling things is is working so well right now. It's I hope they can keep this group going.
0: Yeah, and, and like, and that's a good point with with Stefanski. He. He knows what to dial up and when to dial it up, and it, it's so far at least for the last three games, and it's it's working really, really well. And I, I just, man, I, I don't want this, I don't want this trade ride to end, brother.
1: Right. <laughs> last couple points in offense here. I wanted to bring up. Um, All right, since we just talked about the the play action passing, that last one there, that sixty yard bomb to, to Diggs, I saw Diggs go out wide, and typically when I see that with this team, at least in the last several years, it's like. Oh, well, we're still going to run it anyway. And I was like, you know what? If they're aggressive, if they're truly aggressive, if they truly want to shift this thing around, they're going to take a shot here. And what do they do? They take that shot. They let Diggs just go, and they take the shot. I loved every second of that play.
0: I did too. And and it was a a play-to-win move. It wasn't a play-not-to-lose move.
1: Yes, absolutely. That is a great way to put that.
0: And and I, I would argue... You know, since we're talking about this this Bears game being the turning point, in the in the four in the four games, including that Bears game prior to these last three games, win or lose the Vikings would not have called that play. Whether it was a lack of confidence in Kirk Cousins, um, a, a belief that Cousins couldn't complete the throw, or just uh, general offensive philosophy, or Mike Zimmer not allowing the offense to make that call and take that shot. There there are a multitude of reasons, and I think they're all very sound arguments, and I don't want to break down each one of them. But there were reasons the Vikings wouldn't make that call in weeks one through four. Now they are, and I love it, and I hope they keep this aggressive nature up because Cousins is one of the better deep ball throwers in the league. He's got his mojo back, I think. I I firmly believe he does. He's playing with a chip and an edge that – I don't know that he has played with before. I didn't really follow him when he was with Washington. And and there's this absolute belief that the Vikings are going to make that play. I love it. I just absolutely love it.
1: Absolutely. Um, on that same vein now, because I, I think I completely agree with you, I think Zim is letting, letting control go of that and saying, all right, I can't continue to hamstring this offense. i got to let them go. i got let to the, let them be them. And sometimes it's going to mean some – Really kooky, like interceptions. You know, it's going to mean some downs. Of course, obviously, we can't always be on this, this three game high. But are the Vikings an offensive team?
0: Yesterday they were. I, I I think I don't know that they're an offensive team or a defensive team. I, I think right now, at least the last three weeks, they're a good complementary football team, and and that's I think more important than having an offensive identity or a defensive identity. Okay when when the you know in years past we've said the, the defense has carried this team and it's true and it was really awesome to see the offense carry this team yesterday when when the defense had a bad day it happens it happens to the best units yes. it happens to the best players um hopefully it's just an anomaly and we'll see what happens against Washington on Thursday uh, with the short week and the turnaround but I, I, don't, I don't care that the Vikings are offensive or defensive in terms of what people think they are. I, I just want them to be a good team. And good teams um, play well together. And, and, uh, and on days when one unit doesn't have it, the other unit can say, look, boys, we'll, we'll get you this week. I know you're going to pick us up next week. And that's kind of starting to happen. And, that's, man, that's good to see.
1: Good to see, especially if you're intending to try to make a deep playoff run. That's what you're going to need. You're going to need to be able to score forty points sometimes, and yeah. sometimes you're going to you're going to need to hold a, a team to, to ten points because your offense can only put up thirteen. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like you said. It's, it's what the game calls for, and sometimes it's special teams, sometimes it's defense, sometimes it's offense.
0: And, so. and I'll I'll say. Um, this offense is capable of putting up 28, 31 points a game. I, I, I The way the way they're calling plays and keeping other defenses. Jeff. Yeah, if they stay that this kind of aggressive with, with Dalvin Cook running as well as he is, it, it's going to be hard for teams to keep this offense down. It just is. And I I love it, man. Let's go.
1: Yeah, let's roll, baby. Um, all right, a couple of special teams notes here before we get into the defense. Uh, missed a 45-yard field goal. Yeah yeah you know my stance on this I want to eliminate all kickers you go for it in every fourth down <laughs> uh, no extra points you go for two every time just
0: I was that way at the end of the year i I I'm not gonna crucify Bailey for this one it, it should you make a 45yard field goal yes you should um I, I think I, I, I'm not gonna worry about yesterday too much because he had up up until that miss. I think he'd make he he'd only missed one field goal all year. I think so, that's correct. Yeah. W- let's see how he does going forward. Now, if he misses another two or three out of his next five or six, then maybe we've got an issue again. But
1: I mean, you know, I, I just look at that and that was the score was 28-24 at that point. So yeah, doing that puts it back up by a touchdown. So it's it's frustrating that you miss it at that time. Like if you miss it early in the game, fine. But this is you know midway through the third. I don't
0: know. I get it. No, I get it. It it was it was a big point in the game and it was and it could have been, you know, you look at that, had the Vikings not won that game, you would have looked at that field goal yep. and that drop by Diggs in the end zone that would have been a touchdown and you would have said, "Man, those were two plays I'd love to have back." But fortunately, it worked out and it's not an issue. So I I I'll, I'll I'm I'm willing to give Bailey the benefit of the doubt on yesterday. He made all his extra points, didn't have a problem with that. Yep. And I think that was uh and he made his other field goal. So, uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes moving forward.
1: Did, did we have another field goal? No, we just had touchdowns.
0: Oh, yeah, my bad. Yeah. Or even those extra points. Yeah. So,
1: five extra points, so. Yeah. Oh, no, six. So,
0: six, yeah, 42, yeah. Math is Boy, hard man. for an engineer. Math, <laughs> math is bad for us today, Ed. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember that the Vikings didn't kick a field goal and we couldn't remember how many extra points they kicked. So, yeah, six for six on extra points. Just missed the one field goal. Let's see what happens Thursday and moving forward. Before yeah. I, I, I'm gonna do that before yeah. I start to get worried about Bailey.
1: It's just yeah, it's a point of contention for me. I just I hate kickers. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> return game was solid. I, uh, Mike Hughes returning punts. Marcus Shales was inactive. So
0: healthy scratch inactive. Not yeah, hurt either. Yeah.
1: So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, I guess they're just trying to look to, to get that roster spot back. I guess.
0: I, I kind of think um, Marcus Sherrill's days are numbered, and I hate to say that. And everybody who's ever said Marcus Sherrill's is going to get cut this year going into turning camp, I loved it when they were wrong. But with with Adam Thielen not playing Thursday, the Vikings are going to need another wide receiver. Yep. Whether they sign a street free agent or bring somebody up off the practice squad, which I which is what I think they'll do, they're going to need to create a roster spot. And, you know, if Sherrill's is a healthy scratch – Man, that just kind of screams. There's your roster spot, especially with Holton Hill coming back in what two weeks.
1: Well, yeah. Well, after after this next game, he'll be eligible to return. Yeah, because eight weeks. So yeah.
0: So yeah, I mean, my guess would be bring up a guy off the practice squad, and and then uh, and then for for wide receiver for Thursday, and then cut Cheryl's, and maybe bring him back. I don't know what they're gonna do, but. They got to do something soon.
1: And I believe they changed the game day actives, right? For uh, Thursday, you can have everyone active? Is that right? Or...
0: I can't remember. I honestly can't remember. I don't think so.
1: I, I thought but it was maybe. more, it might not be everyone, but I thought it was more than a traditional game day active list because it's it's such a short rest. Oh, okay. Um, but I'll have to check on that because I, I don't exactly remember exactly what's going on there. But So Mike Hughes are turning. Um, maybe give him a spark one of these games. Who knows? Uh, Seems like he did pretty good, well, pretty well with that in college. So,
0: yeah, um, I thought Amir Abdullah did a really good job returning kicks. Yeah. yesterday, too. So uh, he he seemed to every time he he took a kick, the Vikings had really good field position. So I think that that position is now solidified. We'll see.
1: Yeah. Um, so special teams, nothing else. We'll move on to defense.
0: Let's do it.
1: All right, defense. There's only a couple notes here because it was a. Relatively poor game, but...
0: uh, (laughs) Relatively.
1: (laughs) So, uh, yeah, like, road construction is over and uh, all the roads are officially open, it looks like.
0: (sighs) Yeah, you know, uh, I kind of thought Xavier Rhodes was doing all right. I I thought he'd have a... He usually does pretty good against Detroit historically. Yeah, he... Man. And the thing that really kind of irritated me with, with Rhodes is that after... I don't know the seventh or eighth touchdown he gave up to Marvin Jones Jr. <laughs> um, it, the the Lions stayed out in the field to go for two, and Rhodes just kind of went to the sidelines. And I mean, I, I get and just and just sat on the bench, kind of by himself, and looked all irritated and mad. And I look, I get it. We've all had bad days at work, and and you don't want to be bothered by anyone. But if you still got stuff you need to do, yep. that's job related. You still got stuff you need to do that's job related. I, I, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat him up too much about it, but I I, I don't know. I the, the Vikings are gonna have a big decision on Rhodes at the end of this year. He's got a lot of money coming due, he's got a big contract, he doesn't have a lot of guaranteed money left, and the Vikings have some good players behind him. And yep. you could right now I mean you could make the argument he's maybe either third or fourth best quarterback on the team.
1: And I don't think you need a lot of evidence to support
0: that at this point. I mean, Trey Waynes is playing better. Mackenzie Alexander, when he's healthy, has been good. He has Hughes. been solid. Yeah, I, I just, ew. it's, I hate to see it because I love X. And I, I think if he's healthy, he's he could still be really, really good. I just, I, I saw a thing today where maybe he's got some kind of hip injury, which might explain a lot into yesterday, but. I mean, everybody in the secondary was terrible yesterday. Even Anthony Harris and J-Ron Curse yeah. had bad days. So,
1: Yeah, I, I think we just, like, I think Zimmer said, that, I think he just m- messed up and, and missed some of the preparation that he thought they were going to call, and they were calling completely different stuff. Um, kind of sucks to be outwitted by Daryl Bevel, but <laughs> here we are.
0: Yeah, here we go. Well, so, geez, awesome. Super.
1: Um, so, yeah, we, we, so we'll just have to monitor that. I mean, he's... Xavier Rose is currently the fourth paid cornerback, and he's nowhere near playing to that level.
0: No, he's um, not.
1: Like I said, I just looked it up here. Um, next year, he's only got four point eight million in dead money. So, you know,
0: <clears throat> what's he do? What's his contract do?
1: Uh, next year twelve point nine is cap number. So, um,
0: yeah, that's you know, there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of conversations uh, if if if. X doesn't turn his game around pretty fast. There's going to be yep. a lot of conversations in the front office about him next year. They're just they just will be.
1: There's going to be trade talks, or it's going to be you know you cut him, you save the money, and then you go in and you go after Mac Alexander, who I think has had a nice, really nice season so far. Um, and yeah. if he can keep this edge to him, keep this fire, I think he can be an absolutely shut down corner there. You got Mike Hughes, who's young. You got Holden Hill, who's young. So. There's plenty of guys there that are coming up behind him. Also, J. Ron Curse. We didn't even mention J. Ron Curse. Yeah. Anytime he's played, he's been lights out, and he plays all over the field. So, um. yeah.
0: The, the problem with trading him, though, it was the Raiders traded, what, Gary and Conley today uh, for like a third-round pick. And, and and Conley was a first-round pick just, what, two years ago? And the best they got for him today was a, a, a three. I, I mean, do you think the Vikings could get a three for Rhodes right now? Because I, I, don't, I do Do you? Yeah, I, I think he's the way he's playing. He with with the contract he's got coming. due, do, I, I don't? I'm not gonna say he's untradeable, but I don't think the return the Vikings would get is what a lot of fans think they would get.
1: Here's why I think we can get a three because there are teams desperate enough that would do it. That have cap space that would do it. I, okay. I I think we can get a three, and with the, with the contract structured how it is, you trade them for that three. I think there's there's zero dead money on it for anyone else, because the only dead money remaining on it is is prorated bonus, which we would have to cover. Yeah. So okay. So that contract three years. I mean, yeah, it's a lofty price tag. It's nine point nine million plus eleven point one, and then thirteen point two over the next three years. But that's not bad.
0: Yeah, I we'll see. I, so, I, I let's just hope he turns his turns yeah. his game around and gets it together cuz he, he's having a down
1: stretch for sure.
0: Yeah, when he's healthy, he's he's the best in the business, man.
1: So, on the opposite side of that, Eric Kendricks is having just a phenomenal season.
0: Yeah, uh he better make the all-pro team. Like the the guy is is having a, a, every Almost every series, the Vikings defense is in. He makes a play that goes that makes you go, "Oh, wow!" Did you see what Kendrick just did? Yep. Uh, almost every series, the the guy is playing the uh, hands down the best football of his career. Hands down,
1: worth every penny that we're paying him, and he's he's not even that high of a paid linebacker. I mean, <laughs> five years, fifty million, and he's just crushing it like Bobby Wagner level, who's making almost double.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's he's uh. I think he's quickly becoming the guy that that makes that defense go more so than almost Anthony Barr or Harrison Smith. Maybe. Wow. Okay. Maybe. I mean, look at how he's yeah, playing. You're, make, you're making to, me think about it, though, right? And that's, I think yeah. that's that's a testament to what he's doing. I, I mean, it's it's a it's kind of a spicy hot take, but Barr Barr is playing. Okay, but he's he's kind of had his up and down moments. Yep. Smith has played mostly very well, and 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 it, I think it's probably unfair to compare Smith and Kendricks because what they're asked to do in that defense is so different. Sure. Uh, yep. But but Kendricks, I'm I'm having a hard time finding a guy that that has had more of an impact on this defense this year than Eric Kendricks. Maybe Deniel Hunter. Maybe Harrison Smith, but I, I don't think either of those guys has played as consistently well in every game except Kendricks.
1: Yeah, I think I have to agree. Um, right now, I think he's the MVP of the defense until proven otherwise. So, let's hopefully, okay. we can get more of that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no kidding. Yeah.
1: Um, let's see. Like we mentioned before more missed coverages. Uh, not a whole lot of, of time to fix that. So. Uh, my general rule going into Thursday night games is the more talented team should win. So you're not going to have time to fully install like a, a whole scheme that that you normally do. It's just basically talent on talent. You're, you're kind of tired already, so it's who's ever got the most uh, most talent to give is is going to win the game. And I think that's the yeah. Vikings, hands down. So
0: I, I do too. I mean, you you compare uh, every position group between Washington and the Vikings, and I, the Vikings are better. They they star. Yep. Or better so yeah you're right I, that's a very good point I think it's it's talent I, I think coaching still matters but but yeah um, better talent generally means better execution better execution means you're gonna win the football game
1: yeah the only thing that scares me going into this Washington game since we're already in the Washington prediction portion here 15 and a half point favorites
0: <laughs> Jeez what happened the last time we were favored that much Ed?
1: I don't, I don't remember. I was, I was. It's not like I was at that game and had to sit through that um, and couldn't even enjoy the suite that I happened to win tickets to. Um, yeah, really? You yeah. were in a suite? Yeah. That oh, Bill's debacle? Oh, okay. That, that whole debacle, that, that is a great story. Okay. So, actually, last year, because this whole Verizon Rewards thing, right, I actually won suite tickets three times. Did you really? Three times. Okay, so first time I went, I think it was against San Francisco. All right. Win that game. Good game. Yep, second time was that Bills game. Went with my mom, right? So, outside the stadium, we're we're preparing to go in. For whatever reason, I I throw up. I have no idea why. I don't think I ate anything weird. I just throw up at the beginning of it. And this is a sweet, so everything's free. Like, liquor's free, food's free. So I can't even really enjoy that portion of the sweet. And then this game unfolds, the Bills game unfolds, as it does. And I'm like, oh my god, like, how... How can this get any worse?
0: <laughs> like well, yeah. Oh yeah. God,
1: it was just like by the time the third quarter rolled around, I'm just I'm focusing in on Brian O'Neill. Just like, all right, let's just watch Brian O'Neill because we ain't doing anything.
0: <laughs> I remember that Bills game, we were my wife and I were in New York, uh, and we were getting ready to go. Uh we take a big vacation every year and we were getting ready to we had we had a couple days in New York before we headed out on our, our big vacation and I was I was irritated that I was going to miss the game um, and and she wanted to go to the the New York Metropolitan Museum of Art or whatever it was and uh, and so I had it up I had it up on Red Zone on my phone and my wife was like what are you doing I said I'm enjoying some art what are you doing and then the Vikings started getting steamrolled and it wasn't art it was it was like a snuff film and i'm like yeah this is yeah. terrible this is absolutely terrible
1: so yeah so we're we're a little bit wary of that 15.5 point favorite line
0: I, i'm not as concerned about this one to be honest with you. i mean uh, unless cuz when you look back on that bills game last year we hindsight being 2020 we we should have seen that coming because Everson Griffin had his his um, mental health episode on Tuesday or Wednesday, and I, I, I'm sorry when something like that happens yep. to a guy that's such a big, important member of that team, uh, 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 an emotional leader, that just shakes everybody. It just, yep. it, I, I think it shook everybody to their core, and nobody was was kind of ready mentally to play that game. And I, I I'll go to my grave believing that.
1: Yeah, I think I'm in the same vein with that. That. That was such a, a big part of it like just imagine one guy you're, you're super close with at work and then all of a sudden one day he, he he's not into work because he has he's like he's in the hospital or he's in, in you know yeah. getting psychiatric treatment you think you're gonna be 100 percent effective at work that day you're if not. you were close with that guy like every day no you're not it's it's gonna affect you and yeah. people always say these guys are professionals they should they should be able to, to play no matter what no they're human beings
0: still yeah, and and I think too many people lose sight of that. They're yeah. they're not they're not plug and pl- plug and play automatons. You know that yeah. they're they're worried about you know his his wife and his family and because yep. there's so much more than football that, yeah. that us as fans tend to forget about. But yeah, so I you know barring something weird like that happen, I think I think you, you made a good point. You know it's talent. Vikings have better talent. General leads to better execution, and I I think the Vikings will win, and they'll. Went pretty, pretty handily.
1: Yeah. All right. So before we get into predictions, one last thing. Um, I don't see any reason why Thielen should try to rush back and play. I don't think they're going to try to force that, but let him sit, let him get healthy for Kansas City because I think we're going to need him for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would almost be okay with him even not playing Kansas City if that means he's going to be perfect 100%, good to go. Well, I mean, as good as you can be at that point in the season. Right. Uh, they need him for Kansas City. I, I get it. But if, if, you lose one more game, and that means he's going to be as healthy as he'll get. He can get that hamstring completely healed, and you're just not going to tweak it and just become like a Dalvin Cook issue last year. Yeah. I'd even be okay with that.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with you. Just get him back healthy. Don't don't rush him back because we're going to need him in the stretch run. And yep. Hammy yep. is one of those things that's just going to continue to linger. So,
0: And if you come back too early, you're going to re-injure it, and it's just going to yep. be one of those lingering deals all season long. And it's going to ruin ruined my fantasy team, and we can't have that.
1: <laughs> all right, Ted. Score predictions. <laughs> not, not your um, fantasy team score predictions. Oh, okay. All right.
0: Oh, well, I thought you. Were, we want to talk about Horton Xavier, which, <laughs> by the way, I think is a great fantasy football team. Name. Anyway, nobody hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy team. Um, I, I just, I, I look at the Redskins, and I, you know the A lot of play was made about when the schedule came out about this being, A, a Case Keenan revenge game, an Adrian Peterson revenge game, a Kirk Cousins revenge game, whatever. Um, I I don't think that's going to matter because Washington is just terrible. I mean, they're just a a horribly constructed, horribly managed, uh, interim coached football team. They're just... There's there's not a player on on Washington on either side of the ball that makes me think the Vikings are coordinators are staying up at night scared scared about uh, there there just isn't right twenty seven seven Vikes.
1: twenty seven seven all right
0: yeah twenty seven seven
1: you know I've been waffling with this because it, I mean Thursday night games are always a little bit a little bit quirky but I'm gonna go thirty eight seven. Really, I I think it's just a complete blowout I, because with the way this offense is is rolling, it's uh I think going to be very difficult for uh, the Redskins to to handle us.
0: I do too, I, especially when you've got the short the short week turnaround. I, I mean, and I I hate to say it, you know, I hate that I, I I hate that it's probably going to be a blowout because in, in in my do heart I'm mean, gonna have a well, in, in some ways, because I really like Case Keenum. Um, I'm always going to have a soft spot for him for, for what he did for the Vikings in, in 2017. But I, I just think he's going to have a really long, bad night. And then, you know, and if they take him out, then, you know, maybe Dwayne Haskins might play. And I, Dwayne Haskins was my guy at Ohio State last year, and I, I think he's going to get pummeled, too. I, just the Washington's offensive line without Trent Williams is terrible. The defensive line is going to feast. Um, there's not really a go-to receiver that the Redskins have. There's not a really good running back. Peterson's, what, 38, 39, 51 now, however old he is. And he's
1: also hurt. And you might not even play.
0: Yeah. Oh, I didn't even – no, I didn't even hear that. So
1: Yeah. I, he's got an ankle injury. I think they, they estimated that he would have been out today uh, – would not participate today. So.
0: Oh, okay. So I just I – just, I just don't even see – Washington being all that competitive. I I mean, it's terrible to say, and it sounds overconfident, and I hope I'm right. <laughs> I hope I don't come back and eat these words, but it's just not a good football team in any way, shape, or form right now. By the way,
1: Delvin Cook will have three touchdowns.
0: Ooh, wow, okay.
1: Only one of them rushing.
0: All righty. Irv Smith gets his first touchdown.
1: Ooh, I like that. I like that so, a lot.
0: Uh, yeah, it'd be nice.
1: But yeah, um, anything else on the Washington Washington game here? I think it pretty much wraps it up for us. I mean, it's it's a short week, so not really a ton to talk about because we're it's gonna be here in three days.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's already Monday, man.
1: Yeah, woohoo! So yeah, if there's nothing else to talk about there, you know, about time to wrap it up there. You know, already. I'm at demox seven on the Twitter. What's your handle?
0: Uh, I am at purple buckeye on the perpetual outrage machine.
1: Right, we are the uh, part of the Climb in the Pocket Network on Daily Norseman. Go check out Ted; he's on Daily Norseman. He puts up tons of articles. You can do Zimzoo, you do stock market report, a couple other things on there. So, um,
0: yeah, yeah, Daily for all your Minnesota Vikings needs.
1: Anything else? Uh, anything else that should look out for you this week? Ted no,
0: week? Uh, I'm. I don't. Maybe. Yeah, I might. I might do a Zimzoo. I did a TED talk today. Uh, just I, I got a five questions. I'm doing. It's it's a really short week, so I'm. Uh, I'm not sure what uh, what I'll be able to get knocked out before game day on Thursday.
1: But yeah, keep your eyes on Daily Norseman. Uh, a lot of good content there, and you know what? Let's uh, let's go. Let's go win this one.
0: All right. Uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate you uh, let me be part of your podcast today.
1: Yeah, it was great. Great having you. You know I'll we'll have, have you back? Um, great conversation. Yeah. Great football mind. Great great history perspective. I think for the Vikings that uh, some of the names that you throw in, I don't even know, but. You know. <laughs>
0: Oh well, that makes me feel good and bad. I guess I don't
1: know. (laughs) (laughs) We'll stick with the good. All right. All righty. Cool. Thanks, Ed.